0: Jesus uses an allegory to make a very important point. Throughout the centuries, God has been seeking his people, reaching out to them in many ways. An allegory is a literary tool in which each detail of the story corresponds to different ingredients of the situation that the allegory seeks to clarify or explain. So in this case, the king... Is clearly God the Father. His Son, the bridegroom, is Jesus. You know, Jesus himself used this image of being a bridegroom very often. For example, when he explains why his disciples are not fasting, he says, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Or on another occasion, when he exhorts us to be vigilant, like the prudent virgins who kept oil in their lamps. He says, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Again, we read in Revelation that the end of times, as we know it, will be a wedding celebration, or like a wedding celebration, when the bridegroom Jesus will be united with the bride, the church, us. We can read in Revelation, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding day of the Lamb has come. His bride has made herself ready. Jesus is the bridegroom because he comes to offer something new, a new covenant through which we are invited to a deep communion with God in Jesus Christ this new bond, this new link, this new relationship, this new love between God and each one of us and between God and all of us as a people, as a community. He comes to unite us with God. He comes to rescue us from our sinfulness, our brokenness, and lift us up to communion with him through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works within us to lift us up to that communion with God. So we read in the gospel that the first call was dispatched to the quote, invited guests. Those who have been chosen from the beginning to have a leading role in the mission of reuniting what sin had separated. The servants were the prophets and the refusing guests were the people of Israel. The second call is made by Jesus himself and his apostles. And in this second call, this, this, this sense of urgency, of imminency. We read, behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fat and cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. But again, in this case, some make up excuses. I must take care of my business, of my farm. And some become violent and beat the servants and kill the messenger. The king is outraged. But the good news today is the third invitation. Okay, those who were previously invited did not want to come. Then the king says, go out into the main roads. Invite everyone, whomever you find, bad and good alike. Invite everyone. To my wedding feast, call them all rich and poor Jews and Gentiles, old and young, men and women people of all races the righteous and the sinners, those who are successful and those who fail educated and ignorant, people of every race nation and tongue invite them all, I want them all the king is saying in this parable What I have to offer is too precious. I don't want it to be wasted. Go out and bring them in. And we can think, why is the king so persistent in inviting to this celebration? This is the third time he's going to send his servants to invite people to his wedding feast. Why would he bother? Because that is the way he is. He loves us and wants us to join the celebration, to enter the banquet, to have access to the new situation that results from being reconciled and united with God the Father by the sacrifice of his Son through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants us all to eat his rich food and drink from his choice wines, as Isaiah puts it in the first reading the first reading is full of hope full of joy he's saying God will bring you in and he will restore you he will console you he will feed you with best wines with good food don't you don't we need to hear that again and again especially in this situation God knows what we're going through and he is bringing us together he's inviting us to himself and he wants to inv- to invite us so that we can be united with him and also so that we can Im- be united with one another because in Jesus Christ the bridegroom we have this deep union amongst ourselves as well we become one so off they went his servants to invite all and the hall was filled with guests but surprisingly when the king showed up one of the guests didn't have a wedding garment And because of this, he was reprimanded and cast out of the celebration into the darkness. What is this wedding garment referring to? The fathers of the church have identified this garment with the fruits of conversion. We were gratuitously invited. We did not earn it. It is a gift by God. He came to invite us for the third time. But then... We have to respond to this invitation by honoring this invitation with our lives, with the decisions that we make, with the way we live day in and day out. You know, a couple of years ago, I was invited to participate in, in the Vatican in a meeting to discuss the new evangelization. There was going to be a, a, a synod of the bishops about the new evangelization, and there was a Previous meeting that was supposed to prepare that uh, in advance. I think I I might have told you this story, but you just just pretend. Hmm? And so we gathered there more than 400 priests and some bishops and lay people to learn about each other's experiences. The last day we celebrated the Mass with the Pope, and I had a chance to meet him personally, to greet him. I remember very well the, the day I received the invitation in a letter with the seal of the Holy See letting, them, letting me know that I was invited to, to go. I, I remember I felt, I felt so honored that they would even think about me to, as, as a possible candidate for this meeting. I knew that I didn't deserve it. I knew that I didn't earn it. It was a free invitation. But once I received that invitation, oh boy, I began to read, I began to prepare. I, w- I began to you know, think what I was gonna say. I had two or three minutes to intervene, so I had to be very concise. It's not that when they asked me or it was my turn, I said, oh, you know, I, I, I'm not prepared. I didn't read the documents. or That would have been very embarrassing. So the wedding garment is a response to the invitation to live in communion with God. The way we respond to that invitation, the way we take ownership of who we are by the grace of God. If you think about it, we are so privileged to, to have faith. We come to Mass, we listen to the Word of God, we are nurtured by the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We have hope to endure sufferings to carry our crosses. We have charity to forgive, to love as Jesus loved and move forward. We know about eternal life. We know what is right and what is wrong. We are not alone to figure it out. We are members of the church. We belong to a community. So much that we shouldn't take for granted that comes with this gift of the invitation of Jesus. But today Jesus is saying to us, listen, it is not enough to have been invited. Now you should honor this invitation with your life. You must respond to it. So some practical conclusions of this. Ultimately, the wedding feast is heaven. Here in this life, we have glimpses, anticipations. For example, the masses is a glimpse. We somehow perceive through faith what is going to happen at the end when the veil is torn and we see the bridegroom face to face. The wedding garment needed for that moment, for that wedding feast, is holiness. Nothing less will do it. If we enter into heaven as sinners, then heaven would cease to be heaven. We would somehow ruin the party, so to say. Because if envy, gossip, greed, selfishness, anger, violence, bigotry, lust, and so on, enter into heaven, how would heaven stay heaven? So we need to be purified from those sinful inclinations before we are able to fully enjoy the presence of God, the joy of heaven, the beauty of heaven. So we are invited, but there's a process of purification, of getting prepared, if you want, of growing in love, hope, and charity towards God and towards others. And this, is, this life is for that, somehow. We are, as we live and we love and we you know, enjoy and suffer and walk, we are prepared for that moment but we all have a moment when you know they will knock at our door and they will say hey it's your moment to come to the wedding feast are you ready is your wedding garment ready or it's all like wrinkled and dirty true we do have purgatory it's a good news (laughs) that you know it's like a laundry room before being able to go to heaven but we should aim to be ready to be prepared it would be beautiful when our door is knocked that we can respond, Sure, Lord, here I am. I'm ready. Take me with you. I'm ready. The second conclusion is we should invite others to this wedding feast. We can be those servants that go out to the roads and find those men and women, good and bad, alike. Everyone. And invite them in. Let them know that the king wants them in. He doesn't want them to be cast out or left out of this wedding feast, of this celebration, of this joy. Let's invite them. Invite them to Mass, for example. So simple as that. Do you want to come, do you want to, come to Mass with me? Or by lending a book or by you know, praying for them or by saying a word, but invite them in. We can be those servants that go out to the roads, to the crossroads, and invite others. We have a great banquet to offer. As I mentioned in the beginning, we are celebrating the World Mission Day today, and the motto that Pope Francis chose for this month was is baptized and sent the Church of Christ on mission in the world. We are baptized, we are immersed in Jesus Christ, and we are sent in mission into the world. I'm sure that if you look around in your daily lives, where you work, where you go, you know, in your leisure moments, you will find many of these people that are somehow ignorant of the wedding feast. They might be well-prepared, well-educated in many other aspects of their lives, but they're ignorant. They don't know. They ignore that, The Lord is waiting for them. That they can live this life in such a way that they will get prepared for the next. And as we do that, we live better here and then for sure in the next. To live in communion with God in Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a gift that we have? Well, it's not just for ourselves. It's also for many others who are not enjoying it right now. And we are sent to invite others as well. Lastly, let us somehow recommit to respond to this invitation with our works, with our life, as I said at the beginning. And that can mean something different for each one of you. It could mean a renewal in prayer, for example or a new commitment to a work of mercy, or a deeper integrity in some area of your life. Let's renew our resolution to live up every day to the honor of having, having been invited.